0: Back to the David Glenn Show. Just today, Zion Williamson, formerly of Duke, was announced as the ACC's Male Athlete of the Year. He had arguably one of the greatest freshman seasons in the history of college basketball. Just yesterday, Team USA beat England 2-1. The Americans are on their way to the Women's World Cup championship match. That'll be Sunday against either Sweden or Netherlands. Those two play each other today for the right-to-face Team USA with the title on the line. The Team USA men played Jamaica tonight in the semifinals of the Gold Cup. Mexico will be waiting Sunday in Chicago in that championship match. There aren't many people we know who would be experts on those college basketball and international soccer items, but the Hall of Famer from the Sporting News certainly qualifies. You can follow him on Twitter at TSN Mike. He's also a contributor to the Big Ten Network. Mike deCourcy welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm well, David. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Happy July 4th to you and yours. Uh, Megan Rapino talked today about what it means to be an American. Maybe a logical question on a July 3rd. Alex Morgan upset some people with her sipping tea English-style celebration of her goal yesterday at England's expense. These women for decades have been viewed mostly as like the greatest role models on and off the field. And yet this team has a quality that has even some, I don't know the percentage, even some Americans rooting against them. What have you made of that part of this story?
1: I think it's a ridiculous. Uh, the, the whole thing is, is ridiculous. The Rapino stuff is offensive. The... Uh, the uh, the, the Alex Morgan stuff is just ridiculous. And Lindsay Horan, by the way, you missed, uh, she got piled in there too because and this is the, be- what this is the best. What did she do? This is the best of all, right? She came out off the field and went into the tunnel and shouted oh, I heard happily. Yeah. How I dare mean, you? My, how dare she? <laughs> she shouted happily, David. And there were people doing an interview oh. and she interrupted them. <laughs> it was, it was, and, and, and it was termed on the air in England disrespectful by both the uh, interviewer and the interviewee uh, who happened to be the person who missed the penalty kick uh, that, that preserved the U.S. victory. So uh, it, the, the stuff about Megan Rapinoe is, is nonsense. I mean, they are looking so hard for a villain, yep. uh, certain people. I mean, look, I, I criticized her, and you can look it on the Internet. I, I criticized her in 2016 for kneeling uh, for the national anthem while a member of the U.S. women's national team, it, before a friendly game, I think, in Columbus or something like that in 2016. And she deserved to be criticized because you don't do that when you're – look, if, when you're repping the U.S., you don't do that. And the U.S. wisely said, okay, here, that's not happening anymore. There's Here's a rule. Uh, this is a rule now. You have to stand. And so – from that point on, now she's not singing, and that's a problem? Come on, man. Come on. You're trying way too hard. I'm surprised some people didn't injure their hamstrings <laughs> trying so hard to find a villain. She's, she's, look, she, she has a right to be in disagreement with the current administration. You have a right, if you choose, to be in agreement. with. That's what makes America, America. Does she have a right to uh, – like I said, she does not have the right at this point because of the rules governing the U.S. women's national team. She does not have a right to kneel, and she doesn't. And that's – so So where's the problem here? Uh, that's it, it's, it's a ridiculous concept. And a lot of people jumped on the interview that she did uh, with a magazine. I can't remember the name of the magazine in which she used a, a four-letter word Actually, it wasn't a four-letter word. It's used as an, as an, an adjective, but um, it was—it was, it, it was the—it was a derivation of a four-letter word, uh, and so it—and and so people thought, well, you can't say those things when you're representing the U.S. in in a foreign country, and maybe they're right about that. But she didn't, because it happened seven months ago, and I don't know why the magazine chose to release it now. Maybe for maximum exposure, yeah. but. Come on! If you're going to be that critical and that hateful in, in in many instances, and I can document that with some of the things that have been tweeted to me and uh, and written on uh, stories that I've written as comments on Facebook, uh, it, some of it is hateful. And if you're going to do that, you ought to at least have the facts straight.
0: Mike DiCorse is joining us. Find his work at SportingNews.com. Follow him on Twitter at TSN Mike. Before you joined us, we played an audio clip from a British broadcaster who called Alex Morgan's celebration the sipping tea, English style, while beating the English, of course. She called it, among other things, distasteful. Now, the consensus seems to be that that's just a talking head making a stand and that you know 99% of the soccer world did not think Alex Morgan crossed the line after of course we had the debate about what lines were crossed when the American women beat Thailand 13 to nothing is it your sense as a longtime soccer observer that it is truly a tiny group that are criticizing Alex Morgan for the sipping tea? Uh, because it, to me, it would just be one more example of uh, going way, way, way too far with this stuff. And maybe, maybe in a way that you would never attack a man for the same kind of thing.
1: And I do wonder if that's the thing. Because in, in doing a column, and it's not published yet, but it'll be published later this afternoon, in which the the, uh, the female player from England who was not on a World Cup team and is working as, a, as an analyst at BN Sports, uh, uh, she's the person who... Um, who, who you're referencing, and that was referenced in my article. And so I said, okay, well, like, what's out there? Like, it took me, like, you know, uh, three seconds on the internet now. And I found one, and this, you're going to love this, David. I found one from Lithuania where a guy scores a goal, then runs off the field, and there's like a, it, 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 if you've ever been to like some high school football stadiums or some uh, low level college stadiums, like, the, 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 the The stands like have a stairwell right up into. Oh yeah! So he scores the goal, runs off the field, goes (laughs) up the stand, sits down in an empty seat, and applauds himself. (laughs) Oh!
0: And and that was okay.
1: So and and apparently that was all right. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I I found England players doing England England male players. Jamie Vardy and some of his teammates from a game uh, that I didn't stop to recognize, but from from a game in which they did like this statue freezing thing, where they all just stood in place and made you know, and like people do weird stuff all the time. And that's not a you know that's not 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 some random league game in Lithuania. That was an international game, even if it was only a friendly. Um, it's an international game. They're representing the country, and they're doing these things. So. Okay, so it's not okay for Alex Morgan. Look, I've never been a choreographed celebration person, but that train left the station so long ago that I decided not to chase anybody else off my lawn on it. But I'm sure as heck not. And I I think I told you before, I was at the game in Rawls when they scored the 13 goals, and I was standing there uh, with my wife, and we were applauding and all that. And then, I, you know, when they got to 10, 11, 12, 13, and they're still celebrating, like, I'm not bothered, like I said, because I, have, I punted that bother 15 years ago. Um, but I'm sitting there thinking, I know how this is going to play. I know there are going to be people that just, just to have something to get angry about, they're going to be angry about this. And I know how it's going to play. So I, inwardly, I was cringing, not, again, not because I was bothered, but because I knew what would happen.
0: It is a weird Independence Day here in America, isn't it? We just seem angrier and more willing to get upset even when we have to go out of our way as Americans nowadays. Mike DeCourcy is joining us. He is at TSN Mike on Twitter. All of his work can be found at SportingNews.com. Among your recent posts... Uh, Another one that I found interesting you highlighted a there the amazing American goalie but for a variety of reasons I mean my son played goalie for 10 years and I was a youth soccer coach so I have a special appreciation for that position she not only famously stopped the late penalty kick, and we all know that's a low percentage play to stop one, she had as spectacular save as maybe I've seen in women's soccer ever earlier in that match, which they definitely could have lost to the English. But tell us why Alyssa Nair's performance specifically carries greater weight, including as it applies to the head coach of Team USA, Jill Ellis.
1: Well, it really began in 2016 when Hope Solo, then, well, we're four years on, so she was then 33 years old, uh, still very much in the prime of her career, especially for a goalkeeper, uh, because you don't have to run you know, uh, seven miles for 90 minutes. You can play longer at a high level. And it, she, just she, as, as, the way I described it in the column, is just, just like repeated episodes of inelegance uh and it was much you know that was that was a delicate <laughs> way of putting it i mean she just had embarrassed the team too many times and and they just said enough and they Uh, They both suspended her and terminated her contract, which was – I've never seen that before. Uh, There's some double-secret probation going on there. (laughs) And so they had to move on to somebody, and Alyssa Nair – excuse me, Nair. See, i disrespecting her. I still keep wanting to call her Nair because of the way her name is spelled. Alyssa Nair uh, was the person who won the job initially, and she's held it now for four years and she but but in all that time i mean she was never really tested it, it, in, in some games wasn't tested at all as you saw in the thailand game or the chile game or uh, some of those some of the friendlies in advance of the world cup it wasn't tested at all so there was no real establishment of what she might do when she was finally under real pressure uh, tournament you know national world championship pressure and it, the, the, the U.S. women and all uh, international women's soccer has two things. The, there's the there's the Olympics and there's the World Cup. Uh, the continental championship uh, that qualifies the uh, teams for the olymp excuse me for the World Cup is not really you know a great show. It, it's it's usually not that competitive. Uh, so this was this was the one that she had to prove herself at, and she hadn't had any opportunity really to build toward it, and because of hope solo not only being there still able to play but also being on uh, British television uh, BBC as an analyst taking little carping shots at Jill Ellis uh, saying that she was uh, she wilted under pressure and saying that you know, that she was uh, less of a of a coach than than Phil Neville uh, the england coach and Constantly undermining her. And and really, I mean, who doesn't think that at the core of all that is the way Hope was handled on the way out? I mean, that's how I feel, it's my opinion, that that's why those criticisms have continued to air. I mean, Jill Ellis has now coached uh, 13 World Cup games. She's now coached 13 World Cup games and won, and, and, and tied one of them and won all the rest. She's never lost in a World Cup game and she's getting criticized by Hope Solo for being deficient. <laughs> so it clearly was about that. So so listen there had to step up in those those moments not only uh, to help the US get to the final but also kind of to you know, sort of ground, drown out the background noise.
0: Mike DeCourcy is joining us from the Sporting News. I want to get your thoughts on the growth of women's soccer just generally as you have observed it for a long time. Now, it is still a small economic model compared to the men. We all see that. But we've had some fun on today's show. Like, you know these examples. Te- women's tennis is just as popular with the same prize money as men's tennis. Uh, every four years, women's gymnastics gets even more viewers than men's gymnastics. But those are the exceptions to the rule. And I don't know if you saw this fact, but the most watched television program of any kind, sports or otherwise, in the countries of Brazil, England, France, and Germany, in the 2019 calendar year, have been women's World Cup soccer matches. So they're setting records left and right overseas with these viewer overseas with the viewership numbers. Uh, Team USA women's jersey sales are setting all kinds of records historically, even compared to the men's jerseys. So something's going on here. Uh, how much have things changed with the, the women's soccer side of things? As you've uh, followed both the men and the women for a long time, and you know, what do you attribute to that change? Not just in our country, but it feels like around the world.
1: Well, I, I think that people are, are, are getting to understand that first of all, that it's an entertaining game, uh, and that it, it that the, the, the women who are playing this are the best in the world. It, it, more countries are seeing that. It's wrong. I mean, in 1970, 1970, which is in my lifetime, um, and and in a lot of people who are around now, yeah. their lifetime, it was illegal for English women and girls to play organized soccer. Basically. Wow! And, and they, the specifics of the law are a little bit more complicated than that, but that's basically what it boiled down to. Illegal. You weren't allowed. Germany too. Germany's maybe the best country in the world at soccer, with the, you know yeah. Brazil being in the, in the argument, and England invented the game, and that's what they thought of women playing it. Wow! And so now here we are; it's only forty years later, fifty years later, uh, and now people are getting excited about it. That's great. Uh, the, the Europeans have done very well in constructing leagues for women that are basically attached to the men's league. Uh, Here in the United States, the women chose not to go in that direction, and we've had two failed professional soccer leagues now. We can't afford a third. They they, they need to keep the NWSL going, and and, and it's always a fight. Now, I mean, we almost lost MLS uh, back in around 2001, 2002, but some people who thought it was important, uh, uh, Anschutz out in uh, L.A., the Hunts in the Midwest, the Dallas, uh, Casey, uh, Columbus, you know, uh, uh, um, New England, Robert Kraft, and they, they decided it was important to not let that happen. And I hope it doesn't come down to two or three people deciding NWSL can't go. I hope it comes down to people... Who are in the 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 uh, the regions to make it even more popular than it is, and your guys aren't far from one. Um, you know that's 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 really important. It's really important that those women come home to a league that can that can thrive. Uh, and and I, I'm not telling anybody how to spend their money. I never do that. But if you want to see this grow, and and I think that that's a worthy thing. Um, you know, I, I was in St. Louis for the pre the send off game uh, against New Zealand, and I, it was really inspirational to see all the young women, uh, teenage girls, um, you know, young girls, uh, you know, even pre teenagers, and, and as well as when I was in France uh, to see the various. Uh, you know, men and women who took their young girls and, and, and to a lesser extent young boys to see those women play. You know, I, I'd like to see that continue uh, when those uh, ladies come home to, you know, to the Portland Thorns and the Carolina Courage and, and the rest uh, and show up uh, for, the, for those teams as well. Last
0: thing for you, as the women await Sweden or Netherlands in that championship game of the Women's World Cup on Sunday in France, the men are playing tonight. America versus Jamaica, semifinals of the Gold Cup, the regional championship, if you will, the CONCACAF uh, every two-year competition. Mexico will be waiting on Sunday in Chicago for either Team USA or Jamaica. As you know, the, the current head coach of the men's side is a former UNC star, Greg Burhalter. What have you seen under his leadership, at least to this point, I know Team USA has won like five of the last nine Gold Cups. Uh, Mexico is probably the only other team in CONCACAF that really matters internationally besides us. They've won the other four of the last nine Gold Cups. Uh, How much weight should we place on whatever happens the rest of this week there, and what have you seen uh, from Team USA under Greg
1: Berhalter? Well, you know, some of the things that I haven't liked, uh, I haven't liked the fact that he's continued to play Jossie Zardes as the striker ahead of Josie Altidore. I think that... It's pretty obvious that that Jossie is not that level of player I and mean, he, he, a, a good guy to have as a backup because uh, he's very fit uh, he you know he can go uh, you know he can he can run all day uh, and he you know he does have some ability uh, but I just don't think that he's the kind of guy that you want to carry your offense and out the door although he's struggled to stay healthy and on occasion hasn't finished this or that I mean you're talking about a guy who's got the third most uh, goals in U.S. history. Yeah. I think he's shown that he can score a goal. At uh, That I haven't liked. But, you know, I, 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 I follow the Columbus crew uh, and, and have for 15, 18 years. And so I basically saw almost every game that Greg coached with the crew. And I knew from the first two years that he was a really gifted coach and that he was going to be in the discussion. I think I might have been the first person ever to bring him up as a potential candidate uh, for that position. Uh, back in I think 2015 or 16, when I put it on Twitter, that I thought that uh, that he was going to have a shot at the job. I, I think he's, he's really bright. He's got a great soccer mind. Uh, his teams play. Uh, you know, they they played over they played over their uh, budget, so to speak. When he was in Columbus, they played a, the, an attractive game. Uh, but I, I do think that he's got. You know, he's got to be. Uh, he 's got to see the big picture with this team, and there 's pressure on him to get off to a good start and I think making the final losing tough to Mexico would be sufficient for him to to quiet everybody down, but lose to Jamaica tonight and then have to face a Haiti yeah. team that has been really good in a third place game He needs to win tonight just to avoid that yeah he does.
0: You are so right. I could have asked you to sing God Bless America or the National Anthem, but instead we love picking your brain on other things. Uh, We'll be knocking on your door again soon. Thanks for the soccer knowledge as always. Happy July 4th to you and yours, and appreciate the time on the David Glenn Show. You too, David. Thanks for having me. You got it. Sportingnews.com and on Twitter at TSN Mike. I have a favorite version of our National Anthem that was actually played at an American sporting event. I mean, you might have another version that you like in a different context. It's a sports radio show, so I kind of narrowed the context a little bit. My favorite version will at least play part of it for you on the other side as July 4th is tomorrow and we will not have a live show tomorrow. A best of edition of the David Glenn Show is available to our affiliates. Some of them will carry alternative programming as they are want to do. But my favorite Version at least part of it. I don't know if we'll get through the whole thing of our national anthem as we invite more of your phone calls. NHL, AHO, Hurricanes offer sheet. NBA, if you're Kawhi Leonard, where would you sign and why? Most of you are saying the LA Lakers. Some of you, the Toronto Raptors. A handful of you say the LA Clippers. Baseball's closing in on the All-Star break. Wimbledon is ramping up on the other side of the pond. Zion Williamson was named today as the ACC's Male Athlete of the Year, and deservedly so. The American men take on Jamaica tonight. The American women have a shot at yet another Women's World Cup title on Sunday against either the, either Sweden or the Netherlands. Those two face each other a little bit later this afternoon. We're discussing women's sports. Since tennis and soccer are two success stories, which women's sports do you watch most regularly and why? And what is it about other women's sports, WNBA, LPGA, and otherwise, that get very little attention that is just not attracting you in similar ways? You can chime in that as business executives Look forward to those yeses and nos. 1-800-849-2761. That's the question of the day. We'll get to that national anthem in part because Team USA superstar Megan Rapinoe was asked what it means to her to be an American. She is one of the leading goal scorers at this year's Women's World Cup. She's also an incredibly polarizing figure, even in the eyes of many Americans. What did Megan Rapinoe say? It means to be an American. We'll have that July 4th celebration along with my favorite sports rendition of our national anthem along with your phone calls 1-800-849-2761 next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We ask folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is
1: having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. Uh, (laughs) I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game that can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here
0: on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last call for phone calls. I'm on vacation tomorrow and Friday. You'll get perhaps best of the David Glenn Show editions of our program. Your local affiliate can carry alternative programming if it wishes. Happy July 4th. Happy Independence Day to everybody. I did promise my favorite rendition sports-wise of the national anthem. We are talking Women's World Cup, hockey drama. The Kawhi Leonard watch continues in the NBA. The all-star break is almost here in baseball. Wimbledon is ramping up. Zion Williamson is the ACC Male Athlete of the Year. And soccer as a sport is back in the spotlight, not only because the Americans yesterday beat England in France to advance to the title game of the Women's World Cup. Megan Rapino didn't play in that game but has been a star of the tournament. Otherwise, even as some American... Americans have turned on her for various comments about the current president or even matters of injustice in our country as we celebrate our country's birthday tomorrow. Megan Rapino, in her own words shortly on what it means to be an American as some are suggesting that she has been un-American with some of her recent comments. I'll get to those Megan Rapinoe comments shortly. Remember, the American men play Jamaica tonight. If they can win tonight, they face Mexico on Sunday in Chicago with the Gold Cup on the line. It could be a sweet Sunday with both the American women and the American men raising those trophies. My favorite Star-Spangled Banner, your phone calls on those topics and any others as we are halfway to Margaritaville on this Wednesday afternoon, one 800 Eight four nine two seven six one. My favorite version, sports style, of the Star-Spangled Banner actually ended up being, long after it was originally famous, a record-setting version of the Star-Spangled Banner. And Nathan Bernstein in for Darren Vaught, who's on assignment with USA Baseball today. I will cue you when I would like Whitney Houston's Super Bowl version of the Star-Spangled Banner. When I give you Megan Rapinoe in her, her own words on what it means to be an American, I'll ask you for that. But did you know, most of you might remember even if you weren't around, you've heard it since then, YouTube or otherwise, Whitney Houston was asked to sing the Star-Spangled Banner at Super Bowl Twenty Five. That was back in 1991. It was in Tampa. She performed it live. It has gone viral. It is a brilliant rep, uh, rendition of our national anthem. She donated a portion of the proceeds. She delivered it in style. It was not look at me crazy. I remember old military dudes saying she did a great job. I remember people in the musical industry saying she did a great job. We all know in 2019 in America, it's hard to get people to agree on a lot of things. Her rendition, even as many others have been criticized, and you all know the examples of them in the sports context, her rendition was as close to universally celebrated as I remember in my lifetime. So she was brilliant at Super Bowl 25. You might not remember this, and this is where the record-setting part of Whitney Houston's National Anthem comes into play as we're celebrating July 4th and in Independence Day for obvious reasons today on July 3rd, 2019. After the Cele- September 11th attacks, one of the worst days in the history of our country. That was 2001, remember, September 11th. Whitney Houston's version of the Star Spangled Banner was re released. And it was so popular in the aftermath of the Twin Towers and the airplanes crashing into them and in a wild, sad, tragic, crazy, brutal time in American history. Her specific rendition was so popular that she actually became the first musical act to take her version of our national anthem into the top 10 on, like, the music charts. It actually ended up being certified platinum. That's her re-release in 2001, soon after the September 11th attacks of her version of the national anthem. Our Star Spangled Banner, 1 800 849 2761. As John in Chatham County and others won in on our last round of phone calls before we break for the holiday, Megan Rapino was told that she is being accused by some Americans of being un American. I would never, we would never visit the bleeping White House, right? Or I am a walking, talking protester of the policies and the principles of the current president of the United States. Obviously, in our country, that is a polarizing statement. Even as a majority are against that particular candidate uh, in 2020, there is an intense minority that continues to support him fiercely, right? So Megan Rapinoe is told some in America view her stances and her comments as anti-American. We've heard that from callers to our show. Here is how we re- here is how Megan Rapinoe responded. This is earlier today in France where she's of course hoping her hamstring heals so that she can return for Sunday's championship match against either Sweden or the Netherlands. So, uh, Nathan UQ, Whitney Houston, Super Bowl 25 version of our national anthem, and I will give you Megan Rapinoe's comments earlier today after she was accused of being anti-Americans. You got to picture my voice as Megan Rapinoe. Here you go. I think that I am particularly and uniquely and very deeply American. If we want to talk about the ideals that we stand for in America, all the songs and the anthem and sort of what we were founded on, I think I'm extremely American. She followed up with this. I think for the the detractors, I would have them look hard into what I'm actually saying and the actions that I'm doing maybe you don't agree with every single way that i do it and that can be discussed i know that i'm not perfect but i think i stand for honesty for truth and for wanting to have the conversation and for looking at the country honestly and saying yes we are a great country and there are many things that are so amazing and i feel very fortunate to be in this country i'd never be able to do this in a lot of other places but also that doesn't mean we can't get better. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't always strive to be better. I think that this country was founded on a lot of great ideals, Megan Rapino said earlier today, but it was also founded on slavery. And I think we just need to be really honest about that and be really open in talking about that so we can reconcile that and hopefully move forward and make this country better for everyone. Were I professionally trained, I would allow—I would have allowed Megan Rapino's final words to perfectly match the final words of Whitney Houston in her star-spangled banner from Super Bowl 25. I didn't quite time that perfectly, but you get the idea. To be candid, as a proud American myself who loves our country and the sports part of that culture, I think Megan Rapino is exactly right. The idea that you're anti-American – just because you disagree with part of what's going on in your country is so backward and ridiculous and un-American that I think those who go down those road- roads should be embarrassed. It is intensely American to dissent. That's part of what America is all about. And what cracks me up the most is the hypocrisy. Anyone who's on the opposite side of Megan Rapino, I promise you, had a list of ways he or she would have made America better over, let's say, oh, I don't know, the previous eight years. Do you think they were just singing happily along and smiling and intensely supporting that other president? Of course they weren't, you stupid hypocrites. Are you kidding? It is difficult to be that ignorant on accidentally. It is... <laughs> Suggesting that somebody is anti-American because they disagree with part of what's going on in America, look in the mirror for crying out loud. Unless you've just been holding hands and singing Kumbaya for the entirety of your lifetime, there was a time where you were upset with some aspect of American society. But if Megan Rapino draws her lines about what bothers her, she's un-American. When you made your objections at a different time, under a different president, in different principles, somehow you were American? Please, folks. I mean, my kids were four years old and had already figured out that that insanely ignorant point of view was the essence of hypocrisy. You can't be uber-American when you disagree, and somebody else is anti-American when she disagrees. That is As indefensible a point of view as I have ever heard as a well-trained attorney. Like, you would be laughed out of a courtroom if you said, oh, no, oh, when I disagree, oh, when I disagree with what's going on in the country now or then, oh, I'm a hero. Oh, no, it's just when those people disagree with me. Oh, they're anti-American. No successful, intelligent people should listen to you suggest that without laughing at you and belittling the insanity of that point of view. If she is anti-American or un-American because she raises issues that bother her, maybe you disagree with her and that's okay, that's American. If she's anti-American and un-American because she raises those objections, but somehow you're a hero when you raise your objections, that is truly as insanely stupid as the three-year-old who says mommy and daddy don't love me anymore because they're sending me to my bedroom without dessert it is truly like a three-year-old mentality and we need a little bit more than that from our adults in the United States especially as we celebrate Independence Day and as we wish everybody a happy July 4th John is in Chatham County and wants to discuss the Megan Rapino story she is not anti-american she is not un-american she just described for the 1000th time how fortunate she feels to be an american and the many values that she celebrates that are also american she sees other things she doesn't like and frankly i agree with her on a lot of those things and it's okay if you disagree but it doesn't make you american when you're upset and her anti-american when she is we got to be better than that folks john welcome to the david glenn show go right ahead
2: Dave was shaken. Once again, another great show. Thank you. Uh, hold on while I plant my tongue a little more firmly in my cheek before I say what I'm about. Lay it on us. And it's the, the irony and the interesting thing to me about those who are objecting to Megan Rapinoe and her statement and the fact that what she's saying is un-American. If you were to take a particular phrase from our history, you and I are the same age, the ugly American. She is embodying absolutely everything American, at least according to her objectors, that that is wrong with America. And the fact that, you know, she is embodying the ugly American, the pushy, obnoxious, right. conceited, xenophobic, almost nationalistic, I'm not going to the Eiffel Tower because that's where the French people are mentality. That, Americans are perceived as in many parts of the world anymore, yep. and so just—it's funny to me—and you have articulated it far better than I ever could. The the hypocrisy that just seems to ooze from a certain segment of the population, and I, I I applaud you, and I I tell my friends all over the world about you that you need to listen to this guy when he when he talks about the overlap of sports and and culture and politics, that you do a really good job of of championing, you know, anti-nationalism and a lot of the things that we have suddenly had foisted upon us uh, through no fault of our own. But I just think that, you know, this whole narrative, you know, it's good for a lot of, it's good for the media in a lot of ways. It makes me listen. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I just, the irony of her being portrayed as the ugly American. Yeah by people who I would portray as ugly Americans is just too obvious to not point out.
0: Well, I appreciate I appreciate all those kind words. Happy July 4th to you, 1-800-849-2761. I think longtime listeners to this show know this. I break down disagreements into two categories. You can disagree with me in a thousand different ways, and I am going to respect your difference of opinion. Again, I am trained as an attorney. I celebrated in law school when those with opinions I disagreed with could build their argument in an intelligent, logic, reasonab- logical, reasonable way supported by facts and evidence, right? And my favorite part about law school was if you made a ridiculous, hypocritical argument, you were laughed out of the room. Or in the real world, the judge would like truly just throw you out of the courtroom. Like you're not making sense. Uh, somebody on Twitter just this week keeps misrepresenting that I th- things that I say over and over and over. If you do that in the legal world, like you'll get disbarred. I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? If you do it on Twitter, like somehow you're a hero or something. Now, I mean, it's fun to debate things that I actually said. It's a little exhausting to debate things that I never said that you just don't listen well enough to, to care while, to portray it accurately. But there's two very different things. Disagreeing with my opinion, I will listen. Maybe we both learn from each other, and maybe we don't move from our original opinion, and that's okay. But the other part of it is the hypocrisy, just the the pure hypocrisy of anything in the sports world. It doesn't matter. Like, if you thought years ago that a president playing too much golf was a bad thing, like, you can't turn around and say, well, now it's okay. Like, this is a perfect example because it's either okay in both cases or it's not okay in both cases. And if you're one of those Americans who thought it was okay for one but not okay for the other and don't realize you're a hypocrite and you're the essence, you're the definition of what is horrendously wrong with America in 2019. Oh, no, he's, oh, that was great. Now, oh, no, that's a tragedy. That's a travesty. If you can't look in the mirror long enough to see the insanity, the stupidity, the ignorance, the ridiculous, the indefensible nature of that hypocrisy, like seriously, please don't reproduce because the rest of us are trying to make a better America. We're back after this on The David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, uh, we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere if I have my way. <laughs> You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Last call for phone calls. To be clear, I really don't care if you think... It's a great idea for an American president to play a lot of golf and spend a lot of taxpayer money, or you think it's a horrible idea. My only request is just be consistent. Just be consistent. It can't be okay for one and not for the other. It's either okay for both or okay for neither. We at least have to get to a five-year-old mentality if we're going to be able to debate some of the more important things that go on out there. I mean, it's, it's insane to me. You've seen, you all know people. It was okay for that guy, but not okay for that guy. No, it's either okay for both or okay for neither. And if you happen, whether it comes to shaking hands with murderous dictators or something else, if you believe any news channel who tells you it was okay for one president but horrible for another president, you are a member of a cult and a victim of propaganda that would make dictators proud. You need to break out of the cult, get back to some critical thinking again As with golfing presidents, shaking hands with evil dictators, it's either okay for both or it's okay for neither. And again, I don't really care which side of the fence you stand on. The hypocrisy is insane and frustrating, and as we are on the cusp of July 4th, we all need to be better than that. Stephen Apex, you may be the last call prior to our holiday break. Welcome to The David Glenn Show.
2: Dave, Dave, I'm, I'm taking you to church, man. I will tell you what, you was one bad motor scooter.
0: Just don't make, don't take me to the wrong church because I'd have to correct some of those cavemen uh, in churches too. They're they're not the be all end all. I'm not anti religion. I'm anti stupid religions, and there's plenty of those out there.
2: That's it, Dave. Dave, I tell you what, boy, I've been listening to you for the last 20, 30 seconds, boy. You you was like just nailing it there. I I don't even know where to, I don't even know how to even add anything to this, this to what I'm going to say to this right here. You think here, I should
0: have been a preacher, thank you, Dave, Steve?
2: Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank
0: you, man. Did I miss my calling? Should I have been a preacher instead? I probably would have been kicked out of every church known to mankind. So maybe sports radio turned out to be a better calling. One eight hundred eight four nine two seven six one is your ticket to the program. Since it's Wednesday, Nathan, do I get lovely cruised by Jimmy Buffett? I usually only get that on Free for All Fridays but we have best of shows the next two days as we wish you a happy July 4th weekend. So I think it will be Jimmy Buffett taking us uh, into the weekend as we are halfway to Margaritaville, as we will come down the stretch on the other side. As always, I will have some final thoughts. As always, I will have some TV picks for the evening and also heading into the extended weekend to come. That's all as we come down the stretch. Whitney Houston earlier, Jimmy Buffett next on The David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith.
1: I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on The
0: David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. As We wish everyone maximum fun with family and friends, whether you go to the beach or the lake or the mountains or just hang around home earlier this week, I was at an engagement where various speakers honored our country, July 4th style declaration of independence style. And part of the presentation was an actual reading of the declaration of independence. I kid you not. I've been around for 50 years. It was powerful to read the words that our founding fathers put on paper officially on July 4th, 1776. It was a truly moving, emotional experience just earlier this week. And obviously that happened a long time ago. If you reread the words, I promise you, they will mean something to you as they apply in 2019. I'm not saying don't enjoy, you know, beach, bikinis, beverages. All that stuff is vitally important as I see it. Mix in a reread of the Declaration of Independence if you can. The Women's World Cup, the Gold Cup, Wimbledon, Major League Baseball through Sunday, then the All-Star break, NBA Summer League, free agency leftovers. Enjoy it all. Best wishes to you and yours from us at the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
2: David, it's great to be on.
1: It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say... Uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me.
0: The David Glenn Show.